0: This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. So I want you to to look with me now in James chapter 4. And uh, we, uh, before my vacation, we had uh, left off with verse number 17. And as I told you, and as I was teaching you, uh, as we had uh, moved forward uh, in our teaching, uh, leaving verse number 15 we had been there in this one verse for almost 9 weeks in this one verse and so we um the wednesday night that where i left off we had we had uh, forwarded through verse 16 and we were leaving off with verse 17 verse 17 as i was teaching you on that uh wednesday night as we were moving through this particular verse that uh, verse number seventeen deals with some very specifics of doctrine, and I don't want to sound repetitious, but I realize that whenever we we get away from the word uh, where we were studying uh, for a week, two weeks go by. It's almost uh, necessary to pick up uh, a little bit uh, in memory lane to take us back to uh, refreshing. Ourselves how this all ties in because what I was teaching you on that particular Wednesday night is that there is what is called in our faith the word of God I believe is clear is that there are some pertinent cardinal doctrines of the faith that we have to believe in wholeheartedly we have to adhere to if we're going to be positioning our hearts in the realm of faith to be saved. Now, let me be clear. It is impossible for somebody to hear the gospel. If if you were here Sunday morning, we had a young lady, 14 years old, and we had all these people coming forward to, to join the church. We had just finished praying the sinner's prayer, and we called for the... Hands to be raised. If you ask the Lord Jesus to come into your heart, would you raise your hand? And while all of this was happening, Brother Justin, he, he motioned for me to look this way, and there was that young lady raising her hand, and we had just prayed the sinners' prayer. She gave her heart to Christ. I think Teresa, you felt that the card on her, F- fourteen years old. And so she comes forward, which is tremendous, Patsy Jordan's great-granddaughter. Uh, um, you can only imagine what it's like when a parent has a child to come to Christ, but when a grandparent has a grandchild and then a great-grandchild to come to Christ. Uh, that's, that's the cherry on top of the Sunday. I mean, there's nothing any better than that, uh, as John said, to know that our children walk in truth. But uh, here's the thing. There is absolutely no way that this young lady or anybody of this illustration who hears the gospel and responds to the gospel, they, it's impossible for somebody like that to know these doctrines. It's totally impossible. I mean, doctrine is something you have to be taught and you, you have to be taught in the word, and by faith you have to believe it. Now, here, here's a very important point that I want to make. If somebody raises their hand, yes, I gave my heart to Christ, and uh, there is absolutely no fruit, no evidence of salvation, none. Well, first of all, the Lord Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruits but I'm not the judge, you're not the judge, I don't judge anybody's profession of faith. There's a big difference in the profession of faith and the possession of faith. You you can make professions of faith all day long, but it's it's a possession of faith. Now, you take somebody that makes a profession of faith, and you see where this is is going. If a person says, I don't believe that Bible, and Bible is just full of contradictions and I don't believe it. I believe in Jesus Christ, but I don't believe in the word of God. A person cannot be saved if they reject him. For example, we have to be taught that Jesus was, and we live on a planet that has been so engulfed with the gospel. And that's one of the prophecies of the end times where the word of God teaches us that the gospel would be preached in all of the world prior to the Lord Jesus coming back. And in, in this day of modern technology, there's probably not too many acres on the planet that has not been penetrated to some degree with the gospel. Now, I do know that there are millions that maybe still have never heard. That's why we continue to send missionaries. That's why we uh, equip them to establish local New Testament, indigenous, autonomous, uh, local assemblies where they're working. And we get that. But people have to be taught the word of God. And when they're taught these fundamental doctrines, the doctrine of creation, the doctrine of the virgin birth, the doctrine of the blood of Jesus, the doctrine of the blood atonement, uh, the, the doctrine of Jesus being the only way. Now, if a person gets into the word of God and says, I don't believe any of that. I can't judge a person's heart or soul, neither can you, but I will tell you this. Somebody that rejects the Word is rejecting Jesus because he is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. So when you reject his Word, you're rejecting God. You're rejecting Jesus. So my point is this tonight as we study because verse 17 deals with a very important doctrine that we have to be taught. There's a difference between cardinal doctrines which we have to embrace to be saved and and uh, very core doctrines. This particular verse right here deals with a very important core doctrine let me say this that we are not saved by works Titus 3 5 teaches us that not of works of righteousness which we have done Ephesians chapter 2 teaches us that for by grace are you saved through faith and not of works so we do not work to be saved but when we're saved we work and that's what James four seventeen is basically teaching. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good. Now we, as we grow in grace, we learn from the word what God expects from us. When he says, let your light so shine before all men to see, well, that eliminates the idea of I'm going to be a secret agent for Jesus. God has not called us to serve him in darkness, in hiding, and in, in secret. He wants us to let our lights shine before men. So we have to be a testimony, a living testimony. And so, therefore, to him that, that knoweth to do good, this is something we're not saved by works, but we work, we serve the Lord because we're saved. And along the way, look at this carefully because this is pretty much what we left off. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good. What we're talking about, the doctrine of this verse is the doctrine that pertains to the sin of omission. There is quite a distinguishable difference between the sin of commission and the sin of omission. They're north and south, they're east and west, apart. And so I'm trying my best to emphasize this in a very simplistic way because verse 17 is impacted with a lot of doctrine, a lot of importance, and it, it has a serious effect on our journey. I'm illustrating tonight what the sin of omission is. And uh, I left off with the illustration of the Good Samaritan. I want to rehearse that just for a moment. But look at this scripture again very carefully. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now, can you connect the dots with that scripture? Studying the sin of omission. And again, I've given you the the parable of the Good Samaritan to focus on with this passage of scripture. You understand the story a little bit. Let me be brief with it. The man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and you remember that he fell in among the thieves. As he was lying on the roadside, all beat up, Think about this just for a moment. There was a priest who walked by him. I don't know how it went. Maybe like this. Maybe the priest was walking by and he he said, look at you. Man, you have fallen into a piece of bad luck. I hope you make it. I don't know how that story played out verbally, but we do know that the scripture says that the priest passed him by. Okay, and then the Levite, he comes, he sees the same man laying there along the roadside and he responded the same way. Now, did the priest beat him up? Absolutely not. He had no part of that. He's walking down the same road this man was. Did the Levite rob the man? No, he didn't rob the man. He just simply passed him by. But this is what... The word of God is teaching us that the sin of omission is all about. The sin of omission, if you're taking notes in the study, it's a deceiving sin. There are three aspects, by the way, to the sin of omission. Because most people believe that if they just don't do certain things, that they are good Christians. And that's how they categorize that. And that God will somehow, if I just don't do certain things, that God will have some kind of spiritual favor on my life. Uh, But let let me emphasize something, that God's not going to show favor to us if we have unconfessed sin in our life. And the sin of omission is definitely a sin. So number one, we left off with categorizing it as a deceiving sin. Number two, real quickly, if you're taking notes, the sin of omission is also a destructive sin. Because if you go back to verse number 15 and 16, and I think it's important that we read those two verses again, launching into verse 17, verse 15. For that, look at this carefully. And this is where we stayed for nine weeks, by the way. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will. We spent this time talking about God's will, knowing God's will, finding God's will. And then we went into the realm of fasting. So much came out of verse 15. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. Verse 16, but now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Now, I want you to notice the wrong In this particular sin. Because how often during the day do we reflect on our relationship with God? I want you to think about that. That's soul searching. In these verses here, this individual is talking about what he's going to do. He's going to go here, buy this, do that. He's got his whole thing planned out, all of his ducks in a row. He's crossed his T's, dotted his I's. He's got his day or his week or his month all planned out. And there's absolutely no mention of God whatsoever in these verses. And the point is, doing God's will, we've got to seek his face. We've got to, and that's why the scripture says, to seek him early while he can be found and to seek and you shall find. So many scriptures I could give you. By the way, when you seek the truth, you can find the truth. There's a story in Acts chapter 10 about a man named Cornelius. And he was diligently, earnestly seeking the truth. And when he was seeking it, God opened a door. He opened a path for him to find it. God is never going to withhold himself, hide himself, shield himself from anybody that is diligently, truly seeking him. These scriptures right here, we have this individual plan in his whole life. He wasn't seeking God. In fact, he didn't have God in his thought process. He was making all of these plans. I'm going to do this, that, and that. There is absolutely no mention of God in his day, in his week, his month, whatever the time period is. There is no consideration of God. And my question comes back to you when I read this verse is how often during each and every day do we reflect upon our relationship with god we're we're also busy and we're busy giving an honest day's work to our employers at least we should be and we're busy and we we have to be focused at times we don't have a lot of time in our day working jobs and so forth that you can allow your mind to wander or you can retrieve and sit in a chair somewhere and have a Bible study or or that kind of a thing. But I do believe that the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us gives us occasion multiple times. to. I mean, you don't have to drop down to your knees and uh, spend an hour in prayer. You don't have to walk around your kitchen with a Bible and thumping it on your hand and, Uh, And you you don't have to do these things to have a daily routine or a daily relationship with the Lord. I've told you many times, I have gone driving down the road. I've gone through a toll gate and uh, I've been praying with my eyes open. God bless me as I get to this hospital or this place where this person needs your touch. You know, I don't have to park my car and get out on the highway, get down on my knees and, and go through all that type of thing. It's just not possible for us. But I do believe that there are opportunities during the day when we can reflect on our relationship with God. And so that's one of the thoughts that comes out of this. This man in this particular segment of scripture, he was only earthly minded. He had no spiritual consideration whatsoever. And so let me ask you this question because this is how the sin of omission comes in to where it affects us those of us who have this relationship with God, those of us who are are truly born again and and we desire to have that with the Lord. My question is this. Let me get out of this man's life and way that that gave no consideration to God just for a moment. Let me focus in on on the beloved, the brethren, uh, those that love the Lord. And let me ask you this question. Why... Is it that people every day are dying and going to hell? Now, the given answer to that is because they didn't trust Jesus as their personal Savior. We know there's only one way to go to heaven. Jesus is the way. People ask the Lord to come into their heart. They're saved, born again. Their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. They die and go to hell because they never received Christ. They rejected God's Son. Their names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We get that. We know this. But listen very carefully to the question and look at it in a practical way just for a moment because of the sin of commission, lost people, we know they go to hell because they have not trusted Christ. But listen, lost people die and go to hell because they did not trust Christ. That's not the end of the story because somebody that knew the truth that crossed their pathway did not take time to share Christ with them. So yes, somebody that dies without Jesus, unconditionally, according to the word of God, whosoever's name was not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life was cast into the lake of fire. We get that. But how many people, millions upon millions, is that going to happen too? Because somebody who had the truth never took time. They had nothing to do with their soul dying and going to hell spiritually, but they didn't take time. They were just like this priest and this Levite. They just passed them on by, did not give them the, the truth. Now what people do with the truth is is another thing altogether. You can witness to somebody for years and they can put you off and put you off and put you off. You're not responsible for that. But I will tell you this, if you cross somebody's pathway, this is why we teach uh, the plan of salvation and that's why we are involved in in worldwide missions and and, uh, evangelism because we understand the price of a soul that does not know the Lord when it comes to eternity. We have to invest in the souls of others. And here's the thing, you need to know the plan of salvation. You know one of the things that I have been impressed with in the last 30 days? When I got the call on Sunday afternoon that Lucille was about ready to cross the the river, I spoke with Brother Neil on the phone and uh, I told him, I said, would you like for me to come by the house? He said, well, pray with her on the phone or Come by the house. I said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, whatever you want to do. He said, can you come by? I said, yes, I'll come by. Unfortunately, she passed 10 minutes before I got there. But after I'd been there for a couple of hours, her Bible was laying on a piece of furniture there in the living room, and her son picked it up, and he said, this is what he said to me. He said, I'm not really interested in any of this stuff. The only thing I want is my mother's Bible. And believe me, that's a statement because after preaching funerals for 41 years, I have been in the funeral service when half of the family didn't come Cause they were at the deceased home digging through everything they could possibly dig through and carry away everything they could carry through before the last amen of the service I've seen grown men fist fight in a funeral home for stuff and problems and all kinds but this is what Dwayne said to me he said the only thing I want is my mother's Bible and he picked it up and he began to turn his pages and when he did the first thing that popped out of her Bible, it went like this. I don't know how long ago I gave you on a laminated card the plan of salvation, the sinner's prayer. I made it available to every member of the church. And I said, listen, if you feel that you're going to stumble and muddle up words, and you, you just don't know that you can rehearse this and say it. I'm going to make it available for you, and here's what you do. You just share Christ. You you pray the center of prayer, what's on this card here, and let the Holy Spirit do the rest of it. And when he when he picked it out, picked it up and started flumming through his pages, and, and there that laminated card popped out. Let me tell you something. That put a chill on me because you know what it said? She didn't throw it away. That sinner's prayer was tucked safely away in her Bible. I've got to close with this illustration. Just the other day, Murty Smith texted me. Murdy, you may be watching tonight. And she told me this in a text. She said, I want you to know, preacher, that I just took your plan of salvation your laminated card, and I've just shared it with my brother, and he has asked Jesus to come into his heart and to be a savior. Now that's incredible. Now think about this. We we have the truth. We we know what to do. And there are people crossing our pathway all the time that are going somewhere. We, we might not be robbing them and we might not be beating them up. But if we don't do good, it's another thing that if we mistreated people, that's terribly wrong. But that's not what this verse is talking about. I'm gonna give you one scripture. It's time for us to go, but I'm gonna give you one scripture and I want you to find it real quickly with me. Go back to the Old Testament. And I want you to see this in Ezekiel. Chapter 3, verse number 18. Because we're talking about, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. The Levite passed by, the priest passed by. What should they have done, preacher? Well, they should have bent down and ministered to this man in in some kind of loving way and had compassion on him. Thank God somebody did But look at this if we if we neglect to share the truth, the love of God, to give our witness, look at this scripture, Ezekiel chapter three, verse eighteen. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and so when you witness unto somebody, you know there used to be an old phrase. And it made me cringe the first time I heard it 50 years ago. It makes me cringe today when I hear it. You know, there are people who thump this Bible and say all this stuff, and their message of soul winning is turn or burn, turn or burn. I don't know if you ever heard that before, but that's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's insane. It's almost demonic. But that's the approach that some people take when sharing the gospel. You better get saved. Turn or burn, turn or burn. Look, don't ever do that. That's not who we are. That's not what the love of Christ is. But look at this. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die. Well, we know what will happen to a soul that dies without Christ. Look at this. And thou givest him not warning. Now it gets deep. Nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, will die in his sin, but his blood will I require at thy hand. So therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin, we have a responsibility not to pass people by with opportunities. Galatians 6.10 says this, as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith, as we have therefore opportunity. And so James 4.17 and Galatians 6.10, probably are first cousins. If we don't do what's right, we may not be doing what's wrong, but if we don't do what's right, it's the sin of omission. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at Road dot com.